Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 Therefore laying aside falsehood Speak truth each one of you with his neighbor For we are members of one another For his name's sake Prescribe truth We're giving you what the doctor ordered Jamal Bandy Apologist The Lord's servant We undeserving But Christ changed our mind frame In a world full of errors The only thing the doctor prescribes is truth Welcome back, everybody, to the Prescribed Truth Podcast. I'm Jamal Banny, the host that seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today, also a part of the Christian podcast community. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com or calling me at 801-980-6333. I want to first off just say it is so good to be back once again with you guys. Um, I took last week off, had to handle some family things. And so I'm just really glad to be back with you now. And so for those of you who um, still stuck by and was listening to some older podcasts of mine, I really appreciate it. Maybe next time I'll think about uploading an older episode or something like that, um, just to kind of give a filler for a week that I may take off. Um, but I am thankful to be back once again. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by joining me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth for only just a dollar or more a month. You can help support this um, this podcast as it uh, streams to different platforms and also the YouTube channel and the website, uh, which is prescribedtruth.com. Um, that goes into helping all of those things. And so these podcasts are sponsored by my patrons. I'm so thankful for that. So patrons, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for your support. On today's show, I want to talk about this controversy around Amber Geiger and Branton Jean. The, the, the hug heard, or should I say felt across the world? The reason why so many people on the social justice side of things are having a cow because a professed Christian decided to forgive a remorseful individual for a sin that they done. Now, when I say that a sin that they've done, I don't say that to belittle what was actually happened or what actually happened. Um, but that's what it was. It was a sin. Amber Geiger sinned. She killed someone, murdered someone. As the court ruled it, it was murder. She came through that apartment door with the intent to kill. The only thing is that she believed, as she says, that It was her apartment after working a 14 hour shift and being stressed out from work as being a police officer would do. She comes to what she thinks is her apartment, thinks someone is inside her apartment and goes in ready to kill the threat as she admitted. But Branton Jean, a year after his brother's murder, is willing to forgive her. While she is sorrowful and remorseful for what she's done, realizing she's made a mistake. Now, I realize that all of this hinge on the the fact of if you believe that Amber Geiger was being honest in her telling of the story, 
that she really believed that she was entering her own apartment. I mean, whatever was distracting her, that she would miss the red carpet, that she would go inside and notice that none of the furniture was hers. None of the things that was out there was hers. All she knew in her mind was that there was somebody in my apartment and she just had tunnel vision while going through the door. I mean, that's if you get that's if you give into the story. And I don't mean give into the story as if she's told a lie. We have no evidence of it being a lie, you know. Um, but it does raise questions as this is the reason why they went to a trial. And so regardless of what you think about how the story played out and everything else, the fact of the matter is she stood on trial. She received a sentencing. So she was found guilty. And the brother of Botham Jean chose to forgive her. And not only that, wanted to show that he forgave her. He wanted to go beyond to actually show and demonstrate that he truly forgives her by offering to, to hug his brother's killer. Now guys, that's big. That is so big, so big. And what I am so shocked and appalled at is that there are professed Christians, Jamar Tisby being one, Kyle J. Howard being another, and plenty other black Christians, professed Christians, who was angry, angry, I tell you, at this display of love and compassion and mercy and grace. It's as if they've never experienced this grace before, as if they never experienced mercy before. Yes, she deserves hatred because she killed the wrong person. She killed a person in his own home. Yes, she may deserve hatred. She may deserve punishment and everything else. But so do we. We deserve hell. We do. And the fact that we don't get what we deserve is mercy. Mercy. And then the fact that the Lord grants sinners salvation is grace. Grace. Unmerited favor. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But he gives it. So he showed her grace and he had mercy on her, had compassion that's beautiful. We should be praising that, not being angry. I can understand the atheists and the uproar and the agnostics and the, the secular world, the humanist world being in outrage. It's such a, a, a show of affection, a show of love of God, but not Christians. Man, has have we come this far in this social justice issue that as Christians, we can't even acknowledge true Christian behavior? In ethics for Jamar Tisby and false teachers like like Jamal Bryant to say that the hugging is because of slave conditioning. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Slave conditioning. Who taught Brand Jean to be conditioned as a slave? Are you accusing his mother? Of raising him 
to pander to white people just because you're accusing his father of doing the same. Wow. Wow, man. And then on top of that, the judge. Oh, man. The audacity of this judge. Who does she think she is to be to be a judge? And after the ruling and after the sentencing, show mercy and compassion on Amber. How dare she? How dare she give her a Bible and pray with her, pray for her and encourage her to come to Christ, to repent and believe in the gospel? Who do she think she is? She definitely need to lose her license. She definitely need to be taken off the off the um off the bench. I mean, I mean, you can't get no worse than that. You can't get no more foul than that. Who are we? I mean, come on, man. Christians talking about we need to have more Christians in the in these places of power so they can make influence, have influence, and all that stuff like that. But when you have a display of someone showing that influence, oh, but it's because it's a black person showing it to a white person. Ah. That's why. That's the problem. Come on, man. We can't be this, this disingenuous. <laughs> That's what it is. We can't be this cold that a basic show of godly affection and compassion is swept off as being slave conditioning. That's bogus. That is so bogus. And I'm so thankful for people like A.D. Robles for uh, Cross Politic and and Dr. James White and and everyone else who speaks against these idiotic ideals, man. People from Stop and Think About It, everybody from the Christian podcast community, like this stuff is crazy. So thankful for brothers and sisters speaking out against this ideology, man. I never thought that I would, that it would be a day come that when a, a case like this comes, that black Christians, I, I can expect this from the world, like secular black people. I can, I can sort of expect that, but from black Christians, black Christians who say they love Jesus more than anything else, right? are upset that Christ was glorified even in this situation. Yes, the woman killed a man in his own apartment. Yes, she has an explanation as to why it happened. Yes, do we believe the explanation? Maybe not. Was she served justice? Yes, but people still cried injustice. Why? Why? And I'll tell you why. Because the narrative of racial injustice sounds so much better than dealing with the fact that, hey, you know what? We may just deal with the flawed justice system and we we live in a broken world where nothing will be perfect. Well, we may not have perfect justice on earth, but there will be a perfect justice come with Christ. You know, that, that, you know we just that's just the case. It's just racial injustice sounds so much better than all of that extra stuff. I mean, that's just what it boils down to. I mean, where was the racial injustice? Where was it? Was it in the fact that there was a black judge? Oh, 
but it's slave conditioning. That's why the black judge, you know, gets a pass. Like we can't say it's not racial injustice because it was a black judge because of slave conditioning. Mm. Wow. Then is it because the jury, I mean, from um, Edwin from the proverbial life. And I will, I will encourage you to check his podcast out. The proverbial life. Like he talks about how there was five black people and five Hispanic jurors and two white jurors that makes up the 12, the 12 for the jury. That's what consisted of the jury. The whites were in a stunning minority. Only two out of 12. Huh? Go figure. And then this jury decides the case, not the judge, not some other white man, the jury. Now, unless you're going to believe that all the jury members were influenced by white supremacy and slave conditioning that they saw fit to not only rule her guilty, but sentence her to 10 years where some people wish she should have gotten more. And I give you my personal opinion. I think, yes, I think she should have gotten more time. My personal opinion. Yes. Yes. She, she murdered someone, you know, someone who wrongly accused. Uh, if, if it's true about what they say concerning the narrative that um, Botham Jean was sitting on his couch or sitting in a chair when she came in, what burglar would do that? Like that should raise a question. He's sitting comfortably in my house. What's up with that? I mentioned on my YouTube live stream earlier it's like the Martin Lawrence um, uh, series, sitcom series, for any of you who may, may be familiar, where it was this character named Brother Man. <laughs> Not Brother Man, but Brother Man. You know, you got to say it like that. Brother Man. And Martin would come home sometimes and Brother Man just be sitting at the counter eating a bowl of cereal or eating a sandwich. Yes, I said sandwich, not sandwich, because that's what Brother Man called it. He said, I'm just sitting here eating a sandwich. You know, and Martin be like, bro, man, what you doing, man? No, I'm just walking by, man. I got a little hungry and I thought I'd come in and get me a sandwich. I mean, <laughs> like if this was, if this is really your apartment, why would there be a man sitting on the, sitting down eating ice cream? There should have been a red flag or something like a yellow flag or caution to say, you know what? Something's not right about this scene. Like, why is this person not not trying to hurry up and be out my place before I show up? If this really a burglar. Somebody trying to rob me, you know, but if you're pumped with adrenaline, especially if you're outside, you think this is your apartment and you're outside pumped up with adrenaline and you rush in. I can I can see how I can see how you can make a mistake like that, especially if everything moves so fast and you don't notice what's going on around you. Now, I'd like to take a brief moment. Uh, real quick, just to play a couple ads from our people from the Christian podcast community. Can you prove that God is a trinity? Can you prove that Jesus is God? Can you defend the Christian faith? And what is it that Christians truly believe? The new book by Andrew Rappaport, What Do We Believe?, will answer those questions and more. Some people just don't understand what the church is today. But this book will go through the history and meaning of the church. And what's more important than to understand man's sinfulness and God's salvation? Get your copy at whatdowebelievebook.com or at the strivingforeternity.org store. 
What's up, everyone? This is James Watkins, host of the Five Solas Podcast and founder of Five Solas Ministries. Be sure to check out our podcast that releases every Thursday on your favorite podcasting app as we discuss Christian doctrine and dive into the Reformed theological distinctives and their continued relevance for the church and world today. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Join us each episode as we discuss the truths of these foundational rallying cries of the Protestant Reformers and how this material helps challenge and direct the current church in its life of worship and witness. Visit us online at www.5solasministries.com. That's www.5solasministries.com to learn more information about the ministry and to also check out our awesome Five Solas lineup of t-shirts and gospel tracks. And as always, may all that you do be done to the glory of God. Soli, Deo, Gloria. All right, now we're back. So back to what we were saying. Y'all say conspiracy, but I, but I wonder, y'all, if it was such a conspiracy, I mean, there's so many things she should have could as she could have did differently that would have made it more believable for it to be a conspiracy. I mean, let's think about this for a moment. If she's such a racist, which there were some tweets of hers that would supposedly make her come out to be some undercover racist. But if she was a racist and she hated black people, black men, especially why choose the random apartment? What was special about this apartment to choose that one? The one that would be that would happen to be unlocked. There was no forced entry. There was no forced entry. What what would be the reason? You know what I'm saying? And then she was off duty. Like it would seem to me if she was that hateful against black people, especially she lived in the same apartment complex. The smart thing for her to do then is not to commit the crime in her own apartment complex. Right. No, no matter if it's a floor down or a floor above. Why would she do it in her own apartment complex? It would make more sense that she would be on duty, pull over a black man, make up some wacky story about him trying to attack her and that she fired back in self-defense. That would be more believable. That would mean a conspiracy that would show forth a conspiracy. But see, the information that we have in this incident don't give us anything conclusive to say, hey, this is conspiracy like. She meant to kill him. Like she really wanted to kill Botham. And I'm sorry, guys. I know some of you who may listen to this may really disagree with me. May get just vehemently mad at me for saying this and giving her the benefit of the doubt. But come on now. If this was anyone else, take take away the fact that she was a white woman. Take take away the fact that she's a white woman and Botham was a black man. Make it a Hispanic woman and an Asian man. Make it um, a white man and a and a um Asian woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, would you still say racial injustice? Would the Asians be trying to get at the whites? Would the Hispanics try to get at the Asians? That's what happened. Or is it possible that she could not have been in her right state of mind, having worked a long hour shift that way, and no matter and no matter how many days that week she worked and everything else, like just really tired. I mean. Look, guys, I don't do drugs and I don't drink alcohol like that or any of that kind of stuff. And there have been times where I'm riding down the road and sometimes I forget, forget where I'm supposed to go. You know, I mean, it happens. It means I'm tired and I know my schedule <laughs> and I am, I, don't, I do nowhere near the type of work police officers do. But I'm tired 
and I know when I'm exhausted. Sometimes my wife will tell me something and a few minutes later I forget it because I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I need rest. It happens, man. Our minds, our minds are very complex things, guys. God created it. He didn't create it easy to figure out either. It's, it's complex. So it's not above the realm of possibility that she could have been telling the truth. Of course, it can raise some questions, but guys, no case has ever been solved on speculation. On speculation. There's no evidence of the otherwise. So it's the only thing that can stand. And I've heard people say that it's it's crazy that she got 10 years and there was this one guy. I know kind of going in and out, guys, just bear with me. But there was this one man who served 36 years for stealing $50 out of a store. And here this woman, she kills a man, a black man in his home. And she only gets 10. And I tell people it's easy to look at a meme. And cry injustice. But when you actually look at the facts. The facts guys. Put your emotions aside. And look at the facts. There is no racial injustice here. Even with the guy. The gentleman. Who spent 36 years in prison. Guess what? He was supposed to spend life. He was supposed to spend a life sentence. Without the possibility of parole. Why? Because the context of this situation was this man and it he was arrested in 1986, if I'm not mistaken. And by this time, he had committed three other offenses where he broke in someone's home and stole things. And one time armed with a weapon. Three other offenses. And the law at the time was that on your fourth offense that you that the judge had to sentence him to life. I think this was an Alabama law. So I want to correct me if, you're wrong, if I'm wrong, if you understand, if you are familiar with the story. Alabama law back in 1980s. On the fourth offense, the judge had no choice but to give him a life sentence. All right. But that that law was ratified in the 2000s and therefore it left it open for that case to be retried. And no attorney Take took that a case. I mean, it's 2019. That was done in the 2000s. So what took so long for an attorney to take on that case? Nobody wanted it. And that gentleman, he's not the only one who's done that, who has that issue where back then the laws were different and now they've changed. All it takes is somebody to care enough to retry the case. But in, in the case of this man who only stole, who stole $50 and was served a life sentence, there was a white judge who saw the case and took interest in it. There are lawyers who testify that he went above and beyond because he didn't have to do that. But it was a white judge looking out for that black man who served, who served down 36 years for $50. And he said, that don't make no sense. Let's get that man out of there. And he did. And now he's out. The man now is 58 years old, but at least he has the rest of his life ahead of him. And it's sad that he had to spend 36 years behind prison, I mean, in prison for $50. But that's the way the laws work, guys. That's the law. That wasn't a law to keep the black man down. It was a law to keep criminals. I mean, you have people who commit crimes. <laughs> the law is what it is. When you commit a crime like that gentleman did, when he 
when he was younger and he dealt, he broke in those people's houses, you telling me he didn't know he was wrong? Yeah, he knew he was wrong. Did he not know the law? Yeah, he knew the law, but he still did it. He still did it. You know, so the same thing here. When it came to Amber Geiger, they had to they had a choice between manslaughter and murder. Manslaughter would have been a little less because it, it would it would entail that uh, someone was killed by accident. But the jury had no choice but to rule it murder. So that she was guilty of murder, Amber Geiger, because she admitted that being outside of the apartment door, that whoever was on the inside of her apartment, her alleged apartment, they're going to die. She admitted to it. I'm, I plan to kill whatever on the inside. That So therefore, the jury had no choice but to rule it murder. So she was guilty of murder. The next thing was they had to decide on how long she should spend in prison. Now, this is why I say, guys, this situation, this case is not dealing with racial injustice. It's not dealing with racial injustice. She was tried by a jury of her peers. The judge did not give the ruling. This was by jury. And once again, like I said earlier, unless you're going to try to claim that the jury was somehow corrupt, man, good luck with trying to prove that. But unless you're going to believe that, then you got to deal with the facts. You got to deal with the facts. This was not racial injustice. This was justice according to the system. It was just according to the system. All right. The laws that were in place because of the crime she committed, because of the murder sentence, she had, a, they had a span between five and 99 years for what she's done. That was a span. They could have made it 99 years if they wanted to. They could have made it five years as they wanted to. They chose 10. And people were outraged, outraged. But they say people out there are saying no justice, no peace. Justice was served. It may not be what you want to happen, but it was justice. She's going behind bars. She's going to prison. And according to the trial, she was remorseful, remorseful for what happened. So this means she's going to live with this for the rest of her life, guys. If she truly made a mistake, if she truly thought that was her apartment and realized that she killed an innocent man, she's going to, she got to live with that for the rest of her life. That guilt. Y'all, you know, say like, come on, man. I can understand why Brent and Jean had compassion on her. I can understand. He said he waited a whole year just to hear I'm sorry. A whole year. And he finally heard it. He was satisfied. He was satisfied. So we should be too. I mean, you got people who are being outraged who aren't even related to them. And you got people like Jamar Tisby talking about, well, just because he showed forgiveness don't mean we sleeping on the fact that there's racial injustice and all that kind of stuff like that. Paraphrasing them. But that's basically what he's saying. Like, that is so dumb. Where's the racial injustice here? All you had was a white woman who happened to do the crime against a black man. And we automatically cry racial injustice no matter what. No matter what the context is. It's like we don't care about truth no more. It's sad, man. It's truly sad. I want to encourage believers. I want to encourage Christians. True born-again Christians. Believe the gospel. Remind yourself of what the gospel is. Alright? And if someone shows remorse and seeks repentance, then we should be ready 
and willing to forgive and understand what forgiveness means. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that we'll forget, but it means we don't hold it against them. Yo, if Brenton really understood the fact, and I hope he does understand what he's saying when he's saying he forgave her, because that means he, that means he should not ever hold this against her again, ever. She's going to prison. She's going to do her time. Like, he should be able to op- welcome her with open arms going forward. But look, but he also said that he hoped that she wouldn't do no jail time. Like he wanted her to go free. Yo, man. <laughs> Yo, his compassion level is out the roof, guys. Some of y'all could learn from him. Some of y'all actually could. We all could learn something from him. I don't necessarily agree that she should go scot free, but we should we could learn something for that level of compassion that he had compassion on her. He had mercy on her. Imagine if he was to judge. He would have ruled her innocent. Yo, man. But look at this, guys. If you got a problem with that, listen, listen to this. We're all guilty. We're all guilty of our crimes that we've committed against the holy and righteous God. We're guilty. But when the father sees us, those of us who are in Christ, When he sees us, he's going to see us as innocent, not guilty. Man, this should this should make y'all so happy, man. The father of all eternity is going to see us as not guilty because of the righteousness given to us by Christ. Nothing we gained on our own but was given to us freely. And this is why Jesus says that we shall forgive others as our father in heaven has forgiven us. Because if we don't forgive others, we should not expect the father to forgive us of our trespasses and sins. I know this has been a long conversation, but I hope this has been helpful to someone out there who may be dealing with, with this situation and struggling with the concept of what's going on. I really do hope it helps you. I really hope it helps you. If you'd like to talk more about it, my phone line is open 801-980-6333. You can email me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com. And I would love to talk with you. Even if you disagree, I would love to have a conversation with you. These things are important. Praise God for the love of God being shown in the courtroom. Uh, Thank God for the gospel being proclaimed in a courtroom, whether it be for Amber Geiger or for any other listener. I'm thankful for that. God was glorified. So remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.